This is the True North Collective podcast, a gathering of unsugarcoated conversations on wellness created by the real life documentation of everyday humans fearlessly finding their true north. Welcome to season two, episode seven. Hello, I'm Rachel. I make a mean quadruple decker peanut butter and jelly sandwich. I pioneered the double man bun, and I wish I was born in the era of the wild, wild west. Hi, I'm Janelle. When I'm anxious, I sniff my fingernails. I hiked 17 miles yesterday, and I shave the peach fuzz off my face. I'm Anastasia. I am an anime voice dubbing superstar. I cannot seem to get my hair clean. I have a almost five month old baby. I am one of those parents I always thought I would be who can't remember the weeks. And we are your hosts of the True North Collective podcast. Perfect. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. Janelle, seriously, how do you come up with this shit? Every time I'm like, Dylan, I have to come up with something that is going to be as good as Janelle's. And he's like, you really peaked at adult acne. <laughs> like, great. Just great. <laughs> I feel like two of those two came from our Marco Polo. I know, but I still, I'm like, I'm, I'm just the most boring person ever. <laughs> uh, that's not true. I'm just really weird. And I think I'm aware of my weird things. Like, I've decided the sniffing the fingernails, I think it gets me to breathe deeply because mm. I've always thought that was really weird but when what I'm anxious like, like sniffing my fingernails it it's like a deep breath that I can't force myself to do otherwise does it smell good I'm smelling them right now uh, <laughs> <laughs> not really <laughs> oh my god is I it think- to recall like what you've recently encountered with your fingernails <laughs> kind of yeah oh they don't really god, smell girls. like food <laughs> Okay. Yeah. Most of the time it's like food or dirt. Yeah. Yeah. Naturally. Food? Mm -hmm. What does food smell like on your fingers? Oh, you know, Cheetos and stuff. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Actually, I was just going to say I ate cheesy rice cakes last night. Yum. I can smell a little bit of. (laughs) Last (laughs) night? (laughs) I swear I washed my hands. I don't know. (laughs) Dylan, Dylan's very clean, and so he always makes me – he'll be like, when's the last time you wash your hands? I'm like, oh, my God. I'm like the dirty kid. I was okay. totally the dirty kid until I had a baby. Oh, yeah. Now yeah. you're the what, well, dirty mom. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I definitely wash my hands a lot more. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My grandma, my Italian grandma, who's 102, she calls – germs like she like if if you pick something off the floor and you eat it she's like let them eat it those are just tiny doctors <laughs> I'm, with your, I'm with your grandma i do that too yeah yeah, yeah no, it's fine. like a disgusting place it's fine uh, i always I, have bantered about like expired food too you what about expired food how or food sits out for a while do you still eat it oh yes i do yeah. I mean, it yeah. depends. I mean, if it's like yogurt, then I sniff it first and I yeah. look at it. Exactly. You just, is there mold? <laughs> Does it smell weird? No, eat Does it. Does your okay. stuff mold really fast here in Dallas? Uh, I feel like mine molds really fast. Yeah. Yeah. Like bread and stuff. Yeah. yeah but I, I had like a butter spread, like a pesto, literally in the week, molded over. Oh. It was very unfortunate. 
I don't like Is that, that the humidity? I don't know. Yeah, it's pretty humid here. Like, yeah. Or there's just mold spores in and the air. A, I've heard it's a really mm. bad mold play, place for mold. Mm, cool. Um, Janelle, I think the crux of where your great ideas come from for the intros is that you are aware of your weirdness. That's the piece. I think I would classify myself as a super weirdo, but I can't. Maybe I'm not as aware of some of my weird things. Probably. I also admire your ability to be open to share it. I mean, a lot of us are closeted weirdos yes. and we would we would never <laughs> like share the true our our truth with the world. Yeah. I think That's is true. so I admire that in you. Already. <laughs> when, I, when I found out that she shaved the peach fuzz off her cheek, I was like convinced that it would grow back as a beard. But she's been doing it forever. How long have you been doing that? Okay, well, so here's the thing. This is you pay for this service. People will get their faces waxed, and yeah, I know. But your I, cheek? I, yeah, they'll get their entire face waxed. It's a thing. Yeah, yeah. And then true. really? Yeah. See, see. And then there's also another service, and I can't remember what it's called. I keep forgetting, but I used to do it in Milwaukee, where they take a really sharp razor and they scrape the top layer of skin off, <laughs> which sounds really. <laughs> dramatic but it's not that dramatic because it's all dead anyway but they just scrape the top layer of skin off your face and that includes the peach fuzz and in lieu of paying $90 for that I figured I could just do it at home so how often do you have to do that like once a month that's it yeah huh. I'm not a I'm not a very hairy individual do you do your forehead too a little bit yeah you gotta be careful of the eyebrows though <laughs> <laughs> Do you put shaving cream on your face? No, you do it dry. Dry. Mm-hmm. Dry. Yeah. Do you use a and new sh- razor every time? Yep. It has to be a new razor. I'm not going to. I only have razors for like my armpits and stuff, so I don't really want to use it on my face. Yeah. So it's got to be new. Oh, my gosh. I shaved my legs with, with an actual razor for the first time in like, oh, I don't know, years. Yeah. <laughs> Literally. Maybe what? for my wedding. Maybe I shaved them for my wedding. Uh, but like before that, also years. Um, I normally use an electric razor. Interesting. Oh. Yeah, because it gets close enough. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. To the naked eye. Now my husband feeling them not so yeah. not so great, but <laughs> they feel amazing right now. Mine do not. Mine are Ish. very but I have thin hairs here, feel. Feel how thin those are. Oh, that's nice. Like baby hair. That's nice, yeah. yeah. No one's you can't even uh-uh. see that. Mm, no one's mad about that. No. <laughs> I already have like a five o'clock shot. Well, can I feel? Yeah. Oh wow! Yeah, that's really nice. It's coming back. Already. <laughs> <laughs> I'm feeling left out over here. Like, yeah, sure. <laughs> we'll fill your legs long distance. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. I actually shaved last night. You would all be Ooh, very impressed. I now want to. <laughs> <laughs> do it. Feels I have so the like same razor that do I it. for a very long time. Oh, do you do like the replaceable blades? I should. No. <laughs> do Dollar Shave Club Girl? I know. Ever it's since so... you've been saying that, I'm like, maybe I should just do that. Because everything they just mail so them to your house, here. and it's like six bucks. It gets so moldy here. It's, it's crazy. Fact. But I have a yeah. Tr- you what? I would say it's pretty satisfying getting a new razor every week. Yeah. Like once a week, Ooh. new razor. Really. It's mm-hmm. just a dollar? Uh, it's a dollar per razor head, I think. So you get... Can I do it every month? One a month? 
you get a, well you get a package of four oh, i think okay. you can choose your cadence yeah and then you can switch them out once a quarter that's what i want new razors all right i'm in do it how was your hike yesterday janelle oh it was good so tasha little background i live in in san luis obispo and we have they call them the depending on who you ask the seven or the nine sisters and they're all old volcanoes and they're considered volcanic plugs now and they go up highway one in california so if you're ever doing a road trip up a highway one you can hike them all and a couple months ago i decided that I had heard about a group that hiked all of the public ones because they're not all public in one day. And of course, naturally, I said, I want to do that. Mm -hmm. And I scheduled this about two months ago, invited a ton of people, (laughs) and no one did it with me, but it was fine. (laughs) I was telling Rachel, I was really proud of myself because when I did it, and it was a good time. Um, and I did have two friends, which they were super nice, and they jumped in and they did one hike with me. So that was kind of fun just to to mix it up, like going from hike to hike and having a different person um, and certain hikes with me. But a lot of people were surprised that I was still going to do it. And I said I was proud of myself for still just showing up because it was something that I planned and that I wanted to do. And even though it wasn't necessarily with all the people I originally anticipated doing it with I'm still proud that I followed through so it was good it ended up being 17 17 miles yeah Yeah. how fast were you hauling it's like about like a 20 minute mile that's good man yeah I did I started my first hike at 8 30 and then I think I finished around 6 30 but I took breaks too because I had my dogs and I drove them home at one point and when my friends were meeting up with me, I waited maybe 30 or 40 minutes, depending on where they were in between, to have them meet up with me. So you could actually probably do it pretty fast. I'm impressed that you went home and then decided to go back out. Yeah. <laughs> you just don't stop moving. I just dropped the dogs and pretty much left. Yeah. Used the bathroom and left. <laughs> but you had a goal of finishing them all in a day. So that yeah. helps, probably. Yeah, it keeps you moving. Like so it was it. fun. It was good to just be outside all day, too. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. That's nice. Do you know what the elevation is? Yeah, that's a good question. I actually, that's funny that you're saying that because I literally was just about to pull over, open my Garmin and look. A lot of them, I've done quite a few of them before, and I think it's they're 1100, maybe 1200. Most of the hikes is elevation gain because we're pretty much at sea level here, and then you just go up and mm-hmm. down. So it's not like. Colorado, where you're doing fourteen thousand, you know, footer, but it's probably probably pretty decent elevation gain throughout the day. I bet I probably over four thousand feet elevation gain. Mm-hmm. Now I gotta look it up. I'll figure it out. But <laughs> that's pretty impressive. Yeah, right. I want to do it. Yeah. Come here. We'll do it. I know. I'm going to in January. That's right. Dude. Yeah. Dude. I'm excited. Yeah. So today is officially Childhood Cancer Awareness Month. Oh, so I'm wearing a, yeah. gold, a gold bra. <laughs> yes, September first. Go me! I'm alive. Yay! I know. <laughs> we'll take it. Dylan was like, "What are you going to do to celebrate?" I was like, "Wear my gold sports bra." <laughs> <laughs> Very boring. Um, okay, Janelle. On another yeah. note, Dylan last night out of nowhere goes. 
check out this article I just found. And it's, hold on, Loneliness, the Silent Killer. <gasps> yeah, I think I've read, okay, I feel like I've read that. I can't believe it. I thought the Silent Killer was heart disease, but it's apparently loneliness. <laughs> Times <laughs> are a changing, Times girl. are changing. I haven't really read what they suggest as a result of said loneliness, but I'm trying to skim it. Maybe by the end of this, I will have an answer for you. Do it. Crazy, So right? it I is. blame social media. Yeah, I agree. Probably part of it. Yeah. It's but Yeah, I it's feel a like, very long article. yeah, I've been watching a lot of videos. I feel like chronic loneliness is a thing. Some of it's self-induced or like the cycle of loneliness too, Yeah. where Yeah, that's you what feel they said. lonely In the final and then you analysis, stay alone. lonely people need to recognize loneliness for what it is, a trap. It is. And make a conscious It's so decision pretty. to break the negative cycle of thinking that tells them to play it safe by staying isolated. Because ironically, in order to establish meaningful connections with others, it seems that the chronically lonely first have to establish a new connection with themselves. Interesting. You got to Yeah, get vulnerable. lots of social stuff. Anyways, I thought that was interesting. We've been talking a lot about making friends as adults and being lonely and what that feels like once you leave. Well, at least for me, I went to a huge university. So there's constantly people everywhere. Um, yeah. Me too. University of Alabama, roll tide. Woo! Whoa, Yes. that's exciting. Oh my gosh, we're big. Are you a Bachelorette fan? I know Oh. that's all I was thinking about. Uh, no, I have never seen that program. <laughs> Don't program. <laughs> Don't start. You will be hooked. Dylan is so into it. We're doing a poll. Uh, um, not a poll. What are those? Uh, a bracket for the next bracket. one. He's organized it. He's got his dude's friends that are like in other states that are want to join. I love that his dude friends Yeah. are in on this. It's a thing, apparently. Okay. I say guys pretend they don't like The Bachelor and then they watch it and then they realize that they're just as addicted. You can't I'm like, stop. you are not above this. Janelle was like, okay, well, now you got to get into ba or Bachelor in Paradise. I was like, fuck that shit. And then I watched one episode and I was just like, oh, my God, I can't stop. It's even better. <laughs> Even Dude, better. it's, it is just terribly awesome. It's terrible. Yes. The whole time I'm just No, like, it's terrible. it's just terrible. But it's really good. <laughs> But, but it's really good. Especially because Chris Harrison's bar is right down the street from where I live. So I just go get a crawler. This is what we did last night. I went to Chris Harrison's bar, got myself a crawler, and then went back home and just binge watched the, the Paradise episodes that I hadn't watched for a while. What bar is this? Um, I think it's called Theory Brewing. It's Oh. probably not it, but that's what's coming in my brain space. That's fine. Um, Just it's making actually, up a name. <laughs> it's actually really good beer. It's here. It's close. Yeah, it's, um, it's off of... Oh, words. Trinity Oaks. You know the Trinity Oaks apartment? Trinity Groves. Trinity Groves. Okay. And you know that bridge? Is it the Uh-huh. Mary something? The Mary Bridge? Oh, yeah. Margaret Hunt. Margaret Hunt. That's the one. That's the <laughs> one. Same and thing. it's got water shooting out sometimes. There's, like, things you can play on. Oh, yes. Yeah, Mm-hmm. that one. If you go, just go west, where all that, like, conglomeration of Uh-huh. Yeah, restaurants Trinity Grove and stuff. Yeah. action Yeah, is. it's right over there. Is it that separate building? Is it its own bere... I'm not going to put you on the spot. It's totally fine. It's I will figure it part out. of an apartment complex Okay. on the Oh, bottom floor. I know exactly what you're talking about. It's, it's actually really good. Cool. And so If you this want to is... go, let me know. Well, 
I Maybe. Think it's, be- it's quickly becoming one of my favorite places that I, I can say, walk yeah, to. Yeah, quite a bit lately. I'm always very jealous. <laughs> he was there last Saturday, and I forgot. Yes. Yeah. Dylan was like, what Rachel. the hell? How could you miss him? I, I had a theory that Chris Harrison and Hannah from the last season were supposed to be together. And Janelle, when I first told Janelle, because I have not been like an avid watcher. She's watched every single one. And so I was like, Janelle, this is my theory. And she was like, that's dumb. And then by the end, she was just like, oh, my God, I think you might be right. I'm I like, know. And then I'm sending you all these pictures on Instagram. Uh, I'm like, look at He's touching her. I think they're, they're in, love. in love. I really think they're in love. I mean, he's yeah, he's had some younger girlfriends, too. I could totally oh, see Oh, there it, it is. Done. Daddy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that, like, oh, that makes me cringe. I'm sorry. I can't get on that bandwagon of people. What? Daddy. Ugh. Oh. No. <laughs> I, I just want to be I want to be like the secret extra bartender that shows up instead of Wells on Paradise and like oh. wouldn't that be awesome I'd be such a good wild card to just show you up be. you would be Dylan's like you would go with you and just sit you would life couch? coach them though too much into common sense and then everyone <laughs> and then the show would be ruined but if I yeah but if I was the bartender then I'd have to do shots with them and then that would me- that would mean, you know, it, it's a different kind of life coaching when you're when you've had a little bit of the sauce. <laughs> this this they would all just be like, wait, I'm coming to myself. I can't paradise. be a victim. I can't blame other people for my problems. But I also then... think that's why it has to be a dynamic duo. So Wells would keep me grounded. That's and true. then Dylan said that he would be there playing out in the ocean. And then every so often I'd have to run out and be like, Dylan, you've gone too far. We really, <laughs> we really played it out last night. It was, it was I fun. like this. I, I can visualize it. <laughs> okay. Cool. Awesome. You have gone down a rabbit hole. I like it. By the way, I did the math. It was 4,100 uh, 4, feet of elega- elevation gain. Oh. How nice. many? 4,100. Oh, yeah. That's decent for sure. Mm-hmm. I like it. From from sea level up? Uh, well, technically just elevation gain over the day because oh. it was five different hikes. So you go – I mean, I go up and then I go back down and then I go up and then I go back down. Right. Okay. I kind of comprehend that. That's uh, <laughs> I wouldn't have – yeah. Over here. No. We just have mold. We have mold. <laughs> say that about how Dallas. much mold growth did you experience in that <laughs> uh, no that is a great question I'll, I'll get back to you on that one. <laughs> oh my gosh okay i am going to introduce um my dear friend who you've heard as the third voice today anastasia munoz who you will hear us refer to as tasha um she is an actor actress actor actor actor, actor. Um, she's the founder and artistic and executive director of Arts Mission, which which is an artistic uh, co-working and education center here in Dallas. And I have had the amazing privilege of getting to know Tasha since I moved here and to be able to work in this space. And it has been such a beautiful experience for me to be able to kind of throw myself into creative expression and see what comes out the other end in a really non-judgmental forum. And I feel like I've grown tremendously as a human as an and as an artist just by being exposed to this place. So 
Thank you for that and oh welcome. Yes, you are the ideal clientele. This is perfect. <laughs> <laughs> Your testimony on all the websites. Yeah. Give me a Yelp review. <laughs> I'll say follow me on the gram. I follow you on the Instagram. Oh, yay. <laughs> yeah. It's, just, it's such a beautiful place. I'll post a photo mm-hmm. on Instagram after this, but it's a old church, and you can probably explain it better than me, but an old church that was converted into this space. So it's two levels, and there's all these little – different rooms there's a sewing room and there's um that we're actually in the podcast room right now in this recording studio um there's just all sorts of stuff and a beautiful beautiful movement rooms and garden spaces and um all sorts of ways that you can play and express yourself and just try things and fall and then be like everyone still loves me even though I just did a dumb thing (laughs) but by doing that dumb thing now I know how to make it better and so there's just not a lot of spaces like that in the world so yeah good that's exactly why I wanted to build it because I think even as an artist um, I come from the theater realm and oftentimes you are working for a company or something like that and then and you get kind of get pigeonholed in you're like I'm living the dream of working for a company but now I have to cater to my board and I've got to cater to my subscribers and all of this and we've got to like struggle to make money so oftentimes we compromise um, what our true artist wants and what we want to create and so I thought well for those people maybe they could come over here and play and and try something new and be daring and then cross cross cl- cluster that's um what at my daughter's arts high school they call it but um that's the idea of well i i only do theater i always wanted to do visual but i don't have the skills i can't really go out in the world and make money at it but shit i can color mm-hmm. i can col- i can do a watercolor <laughs> right here i can yeah. you know i can do a podcast or sew something so the idea that everyone is creative and everyone can come in here and and play and do the things that they were told as a kid you'll never make money doing that or what's the point of pursuing that that's not who you are or what you're going to be or you colored outside the lines you suck bye Uh, (laughs) then you can be like no no no, come back yeah come back and play it's important Mm -hmm. it's interesting too because when like and I don't really like claim I'm an artist, but I know that I am artistic and I am and all this stuff. Okay. And <laughs> so when, you know, you, for, for me, the invitation, I always would have said like, oh my gosh, I want a place where I can just like play and it doesn't, it doesn't matter, quote unquote. It's about the experience of it. And then when you were like, cool, come on over and do it. It's like, there's a leap still to take. Oh yeah. Even though it's like, there's so much permission to do that. And everybody, it's like, we're over here doing it. And we all, we're going to love you no matter what you do. There's like, it, it requires you to still show up and not just talk the talk, but actually like, okay, I'm going to really put myself out there and trust that all these people are going to still be smiling after I'm there and doing my weird stuff. And when you do do that, it's pretty incredible. So, yeah, and we're still because this is a startup, we're still kind of in that phase where I've heard, I've heard the complaint. As an entrepreneur, you like see the space for opportunity in your environment and your community, and so I'm like, I heard these people claim that they need a space like this, and I'm like, okay, sweet, I built it. Here it is, and people are very hesitant to yeah. show up. Yeah. So um, our, our small community that is building, once they're here, like they're sold, mm-hmm. like they're in, they're in. It doesn't, and then it doesn't take much. I mean, really like 
truly just showing up and walking in, kind of like going to the gym. Like, mm-hmm. I want to go to the gym. I know that I will feel better once I get there, but it is getting in the car and actually getting there and walking in the door. And then, okay, I'm, I'm good. Yeah. I know I'm doing something good for myself and, and duh. Yeah. I mean, there's an accountability to it where when you show up, I mean, even like Kane, I'll show up and he'll be like, Hey, have you been working on that thing that you said? And I'm just like, ah. <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, a little bit. It's been rolling around in my brain. And then he's like, okay, let's set up time to like jam on it. And then I'm like, okay, all right, I can do that. Kane is so good about that. Yeah. He he's really so, is. so good. He's helping me figure out how to turn um, my story with cancer into something that feels like, a story, my story to tell in a way that I don't, it's, so we're like exploring all these really weird avenues and I've never gone through that process before because he is a screenwriter Mm -hmm. and it's really cool for me to hear him, the questions he asks me and the things that he writes down as like, okay, this is a tension point and this connects to this. And I'm like, really? (laughs) And I'm like, okay, let's go there. Let's see what happens. Yes. It's really cool. I'm so glad. Yeah. Oh. It's turning into something really cool. So I really hope that it happens and I want him to direct whatever it is. Or, or I mean, I literally, if he listens to this, he'll be like, oh, okay. <laughs> but I, w- I want him to like help bring it to life because I really like his artistic vision. So anyways, it's fun to be able to do those things too. Yes. Well, and that's the point too, that, that this is a place where you are held accountable um, and that we are collaborative. Like you didn't even know that you would meet a cane and nope. that this could even be something that would happen. That he would be so inspired by you and you by him mm-hmm. to keep, to create something brand new. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I love it. Yeah. So tell us how you got to this spot where you were like, I'm going to create this magical place. Well, great question. <laughs> um, Not loaded at all. <laughs> no, no, no. Um, I, so when I was very little, Huh. Let's go way back. Um, when I was little, I was an only child and very creative and lonely, uh, but I didn't know it. I, I just loved playing by myself. I was perfectly content to do that. And I would draw all these pictures of like a giant house that had all these different rooms where all this art was happening. Yes, I'm serious. And there's also a giant aquarium, which I have not manifested yet, but uh, (laughs) like (laughs) there would be um, a a library and like, this is where the ballerinas are. And this is like, I just my own, you know, sketch architectural sketches Mm -hmm. of uh, this magical place. And then I grew up and pursued theater and, uh, that was its own journey. But um, I l- grew up in Dallas, went to Alabama, came back and was like, okay, I'm only going to be here for a little bit. And then I'm going to New York or LA and I'm like going to do the dang thing. Um, and I was like, what? but in, before I do that, I have to have enough money and I have to have enough credits on my resume that make me feel like a legit professional actor, you know, all these safety net things before I really leap. Um, And so by the time I turned 29, I was like, all right, I'm ready. I had just joined the Actors Union. I had saved enough money to take a full year off of work and live in these places due to the kindness of my friends. I could not afford rent in New York or LA, but um, I I could afford to go up there and take classes and audition. Uh, So the plan was to go three months to New York, uh, come back to Dallas to do a show that I'd already booked 
for three months around the holidays and then go to LA for three months and then figure out what to do from there. So I sold all my stuff and I got rid of my apartment. I'm like, I am doing it now or never. Right. <laughs> so I go up to New York and I'm doing it. And, uh, you know, I don't book anything naturally. Um, but I'm taking the classes and I'm going to the auditions and I'm like, you know, nothing has ever come easy for me. Why would this be any different? And it's okay. I think I could make it work. I think I could eventually work up here, but I'm about to be 30. There's a reason people come up here when they're young. Cause I'm like, I have grown accustomed to a certain kind of lifestyle <laughs> down here. And, and I realized, you know, by being a working artist in Dallas, I was able to save up enough money to take a year off. What? Mm -hmm. Like, I was already living my dream uh, in, in that sense. And so I'm sitting on the subway and I'm like, I could do this, I guess. And then I thought, no, what I want to do is go back to Dallas and open up a space for artists that they can be entrepreneurial, that they can take classes and teach classes. We can like really activate and inspire our community around us and like create bold new work. That's what I want to do. Now, naturally, I'm an artist. I have spent all my money going to New York. <laughs> uh, I actually did not end up going to L.A. because I booked another show back in town and I like prayed about it. And I said, you know, what what do I do if I book this big show, then I'll stay. If I don't, I'll go to L.A. I booked it. So I stayed. A house appeared for me. It just felt like this is where I'm supposed to be. And I'm supposed to be working on this next big step, this entrepreneurial dream. Started working for Lululemon. Mm -hmm. uh, they asked in the interview process, what's your five-year dream? I was like, oh, me, I know. I want to make this thing happen. Sorry, was that too loud? No, I blow you out. No, <laughs> I was like, I want to make this thing happen. Um, I want to call it the farm where people come to grow. Okay. This is what I want to do. Um, and everyone was like, oh, yes, you're hired. <laughs> we love you. We love you. This is exactly what we want here. Um, and working there and being held accountable. And like I like wrote out my five-year plan. And within five months, this space appeared. This church came to be. Um, and then investors came. Uh, the lots, Todd and Lola Lot, um, they are incredible, incredible humans. And I... Basically, the the saying is, what would you do if you had a million dollars? Well, eventually, the lots invested a million dollars in this place. Um, and that is, and then some, uh, I'm sure, as we continue to grow. <laughs> um, and and here it is. It's, it's actually happening. And so I feel very called to do this work and that this is what I was supposed to do. And it has evolved and changed as, you know, dreams do. But um, I... I, I can't believe it. I really can't believe that I said I wanted it, put it out there, and it came true. Yeah. So did I answer that question? Yeah, you did. You did a great job. Okay. And, and honestly, what's interesting, too, or what's cool is, like, you – there's, like, a – because I am also connected with Lululemon, and when I'm there, people know of your story. People talk about, like – yeah, it is. This stuff really does work. Let me tell you about this one girl who literally came in here with this idea. And in six months, it she literally brought it to life. And so it's kind of, it's interesting. You are this story within Dallas of like somebody who 
is proof that if you put it out there, it can actually happen. And I don't know. It's like, it's kind of cool. So. And that is scary too. Yeah. Like I, I have warned people as I coach them, I'm like, Hey, it's super powerful. Yeah. Get ready. Cause it's coming at you yeah. quickly. Uh huh. <laughs> yeah. You want it? You want it? You go and get it. <laughs> so just, just hold on to your horses. All right. It's, it's a big dream. And I will say that since then, you didn't ask me this, but since then, uh, like right after, I had a really difficult time trying to envision what my next goals mm-hmm. would be because I was like, well, I did it. I got it and I'm working on it and it's like all consuming and I have no room to think about the future. But what it has done for me is made me think in terms of my whole life as like bigger, mm. like way more epic and and more i i dare to dream bigger and scarier things all the time and yeah i just feel like i'm i'm living on a plane that i never thought possible and like i can't even really imagine living on the other one anymore it's like oh no we operate on this level now yeah where do you think like looking back on that time when you were putting this vision into existence what what else was there within you that you think allowed it to come to fruition? Um, well, what was interesting that around the same time I started my yoga journey and mm-hmm. I hate to like be no, yeah. trite about that, but, um, <laughs> and it's funny when I was that little girl, I wrote out this long thing about what all the careers I was going to have in my lifetime. And, um, I knew at some point when I retired, I'd be a yoga teacher, which was funny because I hated yoga. I was like, oh, who wants to be still? Who wants to breathe? I've always had a very difficult time breathing. Um, just in life. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like really difficult time connecting with my breath and um, having breath support, even as an actor. And anyway, so I, I started doing yoga. And what was different for me about that is my whole life had been performance oriented and like this end product oriented. And now all of a sudden it was about process for real, for real. And like you show up today and you may have been further yesterday, but it's okay. We're just practicing. Mm. We're just practicing and we're breathing. And I feel like that being able to like truly connect and be grateful and breathe, which is your connection to inspiration and to God, Mm -hmm. um, that I let that into my life and made space for it and connected my body to it, um, which I'd also had a difficult time with throughout my life and disconnected from, um, I think really helped that whole, whole thing. Um, yeah. And I was writing more and, and honestly, Lululemon gave me yoga and, Lululemon, as funny as it was being a 30-year-old starting retail for the first time in my whole life, I was like, I have no idea what I'm doing. And all these 20-year-olds are schooling me. Um, There was something really nice about going to a job and then being done Mm -hmm. when I clocked out. And yeah, and and being in an environment, so funny, the theater people, no offense, y'all, but we, we go to the bar and we drink and smoke and complain about well, everything. <laughs> and, and then here I was with this group of people who were like, after work, you want to go spin and get a juice? 
And I'm like, what? What? <laughs> Who and are talk you about people? how you're living your dream life? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Can we, like, have an accountability check-in? I'm like, what? <laughs> uh, you guys do that? <laughs> huh. Yeah, I do want to do that. <laughs> do want to do that with you. Um, so I don't know. It just kind of like shifted my perspective a little bit. I started leading a, a cleaner lifestyle mm-hmm. at that time and um, really making space to yeah. to make this come true. Yeah. I've been playing a lot with manifestation. And when that point with which manifestation just becomes another means of control and then it's actually not manifestation anymore. And so I lead a lot of vision and goals things with Lululemon. And one of the invitations is to get super clear on what it is that you are working towards so that it can feel like yours and all this stuff. And it, that's not it. You don't, it's, it's not the only thing. At, at a certain point, you do actually then have to detach from that and allow there to be the space for what does come to fruition. And so that dance of like, okay, I'm going to be really clear about what I want to manifest. And then I'm actually going to come back to the right here and the right now. And I'm going to allow their space for other things to show up there. And if you don't trust that, you actually are just controlling everything. Mm. It just becomes like, it has to be this, so I have to do this, and now you're not even present at all. You're just only seeking that thing. So I've been playing a little with that a little bit in my own life because I am a recovering control freak. And so, mm. um, so noticing that, oh my gosh, you're actually not manifesting right now. You're just trying to control the shit out of this. And so where can you, you're clear on what you want. Can you now let go and allow a little bit of, you know, is it God? Is it trust in the universe? Is it something else to come in and meet you there and co-create with you? Um, Which I think you did really, really beautiful, beautiful, beautifully um, by allowing, you know, the place to show up and the people to show up and for it to kind of tell you what it was going to be, not just you being like, it is this, it must be this and it must happen. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Yeah. I, I think it was, I think it was and is too big for mm-hmm. me to claim it on my own yeah ever like i think that's the only way that it was able to happen that way organically because i, I just could i could not hold this whole thing up yeah. by myself um mm-hmm. so so it's great and it continues to be that way like every person that works here todd and lola their their influence the the neighborhood like everybody has a say in how and what this is becoming um but I hear that manifestation and control conversation. I hear that. I needed to hear that. Cool. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> Janelle, I know you too ha- are like a crazy manifester, even though you might not have called yourself that. But since I've known Janelle, it's literally like she speaks things into existence constantly. And I'm always just like, damn. And what does it feel like for you when you're doing that? Maybe not. Maybe you don't even realize you're doing it. Yeah, I I don't know if I ever realized I was doing it. I I think it ties in with maybe I don't know, the go getter attitude, but at the same time, kind of like you were just saying, I just sort of let it happen. Like as I've gotten older, it's like I know what I want, and I speak that I want it. I pay attention to opportunities that match it, but I also find myself saying a lot it's just going to work out. 
it'll happen. And it just normally does. I think I have a lot of trust now in life just working out, which is pretty cool. I feel very, very at peace with that a lot now. Whenever I get really frustrated or stressed out, I'm like, hey, life just kind of works out in general. And maybe very specifically, I'm like, for me. (laughs) Um, and, And it does. It's just, you just kind of pay attention. You sit back and all of a sudden, I feel like generally you can get what you want. <laughs> yeah, I love that out of like paying attention too, because mm-hmm. it is what I hear in that is like a bird's eye view of paying attention, not mm-hmm. a mouse view of paying attention. Yeah. Um, Try to be present, but you sort of keep your eyes just yeah. Yeah, paying attention to everything around you and when well, you see that shiny glint of whatever, I just run towards it. Yeah, well, because, <laughs> I mean, it's so easy in, like, on the way to where we're getting to have things you're like, I know this is where I'm going. Like, you trust it. And then you show up and it doesn't totally, like, look the way you thought. And then mm-hmm. it's easy to go, oh, maybe I was fucking wrong and just retreat. <laughs> and instead, if you can be like, okay, maybe it needed to happen this way so that I could – be exposed to I need to experience this so that I can get to that next thing or like some weird person shows up or like for me I created a program here at the beginning of the year it was the first time I'd ever done my own programming I was terrified I was like am I do I suck at this and I like do I am I allowed to like sit in front of people and like tout any sort of wisdom and from there I had one to two different people show up to each of the classes and on one level I was like super bummed out because I was convinced that if you know if you build it they will come (laughs) (laughs) and then you know not everybody showed up however I was able to from those connections I've been able to turn that programming into something better and pay attention to what audiences that actually is for and where different connections could actually grow from that that is actually becoming the thing that I want to do versus, you know, just creating programming for an existing organization. So it's cool to just remember that the steps along the way, having that bird's eye can actually get you where you're going by being open. Yeah, and I think that ties back to even – arts mission and and what we're talking about because I really connect with this just the the act of just showing up and doing it but not expecting to be good at it because whether it's art whether it's you know your career I think too often we're just expected to show up and be good at things and that's not actually how it works you have to practice you have to fail you have to suck sometimes the first couple of times you do it and we don't give each other and I don't think we give ourselves enough grace a lot of times just to just go in there and fail and just be like okay that that was a part of the process so like it needed to happen and yeah if you let that stop you well then you're not gonna get there and go for it I was gonna say you also have to suck when you're good at it too True. (laughs) I feel like I'm getting to that place where I was like oh shit but I'm really good at this so how can I possibly not be like uh, the best at this specific situation. And the more that I've talked to people, that's what I've been wrestling with is like, I know I'm really fucking good at this, yet there are still moments where I, I'm, I could say I suck. And 
every like for the rest of your life because every moment is a new moment and you are always growing and expanding and shifting um it's like always deciding in those moments what do I want to lean into now do I want to lean into the fact that like I suck or do you want to (laughs) just allow yourself to like learn what you were meant to learn what is there to learn here and how can I like it's okay, sweetheart. <laughs> like it's okay mm-hmm. that you feel like you suck. It doesn't mean that you suck. It means this specific set of situations you've not experienced before and what's there for you to learn from it and continue to grow into becoming the badass you already are. But it is. It's so easy to just go, I suck. Oh shit. Maybe this isn't supposed to be my thing anymore and give up. Yeah. It's a, a high level of self-confidence, I think. Yeah. Like, always just trusting that you'll get there. And I maybe that's also why I'm good at manifesting things. Because in those moments of I suck, I'm always like, no, actually, I'm fucking awesome. <laughs> like, I will figure this shit out. Like, <laughs> yes. and then you do. I mean, you do. Like, you just choose to do it. And then all of a sudden, you're back to where you want to be. And then you and decide I, to do something else. And I swear, the more you... <laughs> lean into that other people who are like in that space show up like Mm -hmm. Tasha you're that for me Janelle you're that for me so that at the times where I'm like I think that I don't suck but do I you can be like no you don't fucking suck and I'm like oh yeah I don't oh yeah I don't (laughs) oh yeah I'm good (laughs) I I think of this in terms of we, we talked about this before but like Anytime you hit one of those roadblocks or you think that, um, I like to think of it in terms of warrior training Mm -hmm. of like, this is just making me stronger so I can face the next big hurdle that's coming my way because I know it's coming. Um, And to be able to have that bird's eye view at that moment to like pull out and be like, okay, whoa, 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 this is nothing. You're going to get through this because time moves forward, not backwards. And we're going to just keep persisting through it. Um, Another thing I like to, or give myself forgiveness and grace in is, um, as an actor, like experiencing the whole spectrum of human emotion and trial and tribulation is like only making me a better actor. Mm. So if I like only had happy and great things happen to me, I would not be able to be authentic on stage. Um, so like acknowledging I suck or acknowledging like this is really hard and I don't know how I'm going to get through it. Um, or, this has totally defeated me emotionally and I need to break down right now. And like, I'm going to feel the feelings and I'm not going to quit. I'm just going to rest and like get it together. And now add that to the bank of human emotion and experience. (laughs) That's how I authentically break down. Yep. Yep. That's real. (laughs) That is a real thing that just happened. Um, So those are, those are just, some little hot tips I like to throw at I myself uh, to be like, hey, mm-hmm. it's cool. You're human. Yeah. It's all right. Yeah. It is. It's been cool because I coach people, members that are here, and it's been cool to talk to the actors because so much of what you guys innately do to prepare and to be on stage is the essence of like what I'm teaching or not teaching people, but like inviting people to consider conceptually in life. And so one, there was one moment where I was coaching somebody and they were saying how like, yeah, we'll be, you know, it'll be a scene. I'm going to probably say all the language wrong, but we're in the rehearsal room or on the stage and it's a scene. And then that director will be like, okay, what's 10 different ways that you can do this scene? 
like let's play out a few different of these scenarios and then I'm like oh living impossibility <laughs> like I'm just like <laughs> oh my gosh that's so cool I was like do you realize that if you apply that same concept to life when at a moment where you feel like there I have no other way out here can you put yourself back in that moment on that stage where your director is telling you, find 10 more ways to create this scene of how this could play out, apply that to your actual life? And then they're like, oh, oh my gosh, I never thought of that. And I was like, this is so fucking cool. <laughs> you know, but it's like really cool. You guys are really trained to be like, how can I allow there to be be some so much more here than what is actually here on the surface mm -hmm. and how do I play with that and how do I use it for myself so I've learned a lot from all of you oh yay. yes That's yeah cool I think every kid I grew up doing a lot of acting and theater and I think every kid I'm like I I don't know if I have children I'm like they need to be <laughs> in the theater because I think you do learn so much yes. in that experience of being okay, showing emotion and tapping into emotions and yeah, getting like doing, doing improv is, is life sort of. And mm -hmm. similar to Rachel to what you just said, I'm like, I would always fully support a child doing theater growing up and learning how to speak publicly and not being afraid of that experience and realizing that you are going to mess up and you have to be vulnerable. I mean, to be an actor or an actress, like you have to be vulnerable and getting up on that stage and showing a different side to yourself and putting yourself out there. So I think it's a really cool experience just in life for people to go through. Yeah. Oh, yes. I'm so happy to hear you say that because the other thing I do is I'm an arts educator, theater arts specifically, but I've been doing that for the past, oh my God, uh, 13 <laughs> 17 years. Uh, I like really can't do math right now. Um, but I, I like sing this to the masses. I'm like, it is so, so important. And I typically do like mm, middle school, I, I would say is like the good average that I do. Mm -hmm. I've worked with small children in high school and beyond, but like middle school, I think is so quintessential to your growing up um and i almost every human i encounter is like oh yeah in middle school i was the cabbage or i was <laughs> i was titania like almost everyone has done midsummer and i think that that's amazing um but you never forget that experience and for a lot of kids too it like if you're not an athlete um this is your first time to like come together as a team and like yes. work collaboratively and have self-discipline i mean the the teaks is what we call them here. Um, and, and that's not even the right word, but like, like the building blocks and the stepping stones for growing up and being alive and, and social and all of those things are just combined in this magical whirlwind that is theater. Um, and then some of us never want to escape that and <laughs> never want to grow up which is like I will play pretend for the rest of my life thank you um and then teach others how to do it as well um so I I just love it and I sing it um constantly because I I really believe that it is so vital to every human's upbringing like every child should have access to this and so and I, I thank you I venture to say every human it's vital to every human to have access to it whenever they actually do. So even if you didn't get it as a kid, 
like I am experiencing theater. I was a dancer, but it, it that felt feels different to me than um, the spoken, you know, actually like speaking things. I'm a much more comfortable, like I'm embodying this thing. And there's like, there is a, there's a connection point, like a subtle connection point, but there's also like a safety net for me in not having to like use my words or actually verbalize where, you know, what anything is. Anyways, my point being now that I am 36 and I'm being exposed to the teaks of the teeks, growly belly, <laughs> um, the teaks of, of acting and theater, like I'm still getting something out of it at this point in my life. So even if you didn't get it as a kid, it's like still challenging yourself to get out of your comfort zone and to like experience mm-hmm. it at any point in life is is a positive thing. Yes, we're about to start offering adult acting classes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Do it. Do it. Do and it. Come take them. Janelle, you got to come visit. And take, take I know. Them. I know. All these cool things happen in Dallas, and I'm always <laughs> jealous. I also wanted to start doing improv. I know you did. Um, Do it. Improv and stand-up comedy and feel like an idiot again, but push myself to do something different and get uncomfortable, it, but I haven't really it. found anything here. Do it. it. It's hard. That is really hard. Yeah. I know. I do this professionally and I'm like scared of that. (laughs) So do it. That's why I think I should do it. And I'll probably won't be good at it, but that's fine. Like just try it. And but that is what's funny. Okay. That's why we laugh at people who trip. It's great. It's great. We want to see you authentically failing up there and we will laugh so hard. Probably. I like that though. Yeah, it's fine. I'll let people laugh at my suffering. It makes me at least someone's laughing. Yeah, that's right. That's all. That's all I want. That's all I want. Laugh, please. Oh, uh, you should do it, Rachel. Oh, you're trying to loop me in on the improv and comedy. And comedy. No, the adult acting class. Mm. Oh yeah, I know. I will. Yeah. I for sure will. Yeah. Check it out. I love putting. Myself Find that in inner actor. So we talked a little bit, um, Tasha, as we were preparing for this, just that you, like how you're wrestling with, you have this dream life and then you're, it's here and you figured out how like, okay, I have this, what's next. But even in that space of like looking around you on the day-to-day living your dream life and what that experience is like, and I'd love for you to just share kind of how that's been. Yeah, it's, um, it's crazy. Um, I'm also like experiencing this new phase of my life. I, I recently got married. I say recently because we've just been married over a year. Um, and then we also had a baby recently, um, who's amazing. The cutest cheeks ever. Oh my gosh. He's so great. So, um, all of that is brand new to me. And as an artist, like finding the balance of like my art and my family and how that, how that works out. And then plus also, you know, this entrepreneurial venture, um, making, keeping that plate spinning. So it's like spinning all the plates. And then I wake up and I'm so overwhelmed and stressed and I haven't slept that much. And I'm like, oh my God, uh, I've got to like go to this meeting and I've got to do this and I've got to da, 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 da. And then I'm like, hold up, hold up, wait a minute. Um, <laughs> what, what do you have to do today? What do you get to do today? You get to kiss those sweet cheeks of your baby. You get to go to this meeting that is helping further arts mission and make it 
bigger and better and exactly what you wanted it to be. Um, you get to go teach young minds about theater. You get to go to a rehearsal where you are creating a brand new show that has never existed before. Like literally doing everything I couldn't even imagine that I would get to do. Um, and that's what I do for a living. I don't have another job. I don't have to make money doing something I don't like. Everything I do, I like doing. So I have to just like take a moment and pause and breathe and just be like, <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes, <laughs> um, and, and, and just be grateful. And in that too, like I really want to show up for people and inspire people around me. And, and that starts with my husband, I feel like, because he allows me to keep doing all this stuff. And I really want to be inspiring for him and hold space for him to also be creative and do the things that he wants. And I think that that makes us a good team. Um, so I, I, that's kind of what I've been wrestling here yeah. is like, I, I'm not worried about money. Um, am I making bukus? No, but, but money is there when I need it. Um, and have a beautiful, healthy baby and, an amazing husband. And now like, how can I have all of those things? And, um, another part of like being an American worker, I feel is this <laughs> idea that we never stop. We just yeah. always have to yeah. be available. Um, I've got emails on my phone, so, you know, I'm getting them, mm -hmm. um, all this stuff, but to be able to say like, Hey, yes, I'm living my dream, but I'm with my family right now. And, or I'm taking a me moment yep. or something like that. And then coming back and, and tackling it again. So um, I think that that's not answering your question exactly, but, but that's how I'm facing it right now. Yeah. I'm trying to keep it balanced. I, I appreciated when we met just hearing from you that reminder that you are living your dream life. And yet some days you wake up and you forget that. And like the day to day oh, yeah. of it can get can like distract you into like oh yeah wait I get to do this and so I appreciated that for myself because as I I I mean I don't think all the things are quite in place as you have them right now and I'm getting there but there are still a lot more things in place than ever before where I get to say like I can't believe that I get to coach people. I get to hold space for people to reconnect to who they are and to feel powerful in that spot. And like, holy shit. I mean, 10 years ago, I I never thought that that was a possibility. I never thought that that was, that there could be a career that I could, people could pay me to do that. Like, I just mm -hmm. am like, I wanted to, but I didn't know how it would happen. And so as I've continued to grow and be challenged in that industry and that profession and in my choices and my dream life um the reminder of like oh yeah you get to do this not you have to and the work the hard it's still hard work and oh yes and yet the hard work feels like it's my hard work versus when I was working for other companies mm. it felt like I was just trying to make lots of money for somebody else's dream and for me and so now I feel like I get to apply all that hard work to growing myself and growing the things that I want to leave behind the influence that I want to make in the world. And that 
is really fucking cool. It is super fucking cool. I will say, um, I lost my father last summer and that was just, you know, it's just a low point for me. And at that moment I was like, man, I wish I worked for somebody else. So I could just go to my boss and be like, feel sorry for me Mm. and like, give me some time off and just let me go deal with this. But no, I had to show up and I was like, I am my boss. And like, there are moments like that when, when it's like, so obvious, like, duh, you want to work for yourself. And yes, you want to be your own (laughs) boss and like make your own rules. But then real life happens and you're like, man, wouldn't it be easier if I just, yeah, like didn't have to be here. Mm -hmm. Um, But again, those are, these are these moments that make you stronger and you, you just, you're like, well, I am the boss. And so how, how do I navigate this um, the same way? And it's, it's the people that I have surrounded myself with or who have come, who have come to me that were able to keep the ship sailing yeah. and let me, let me still wear my captain hat, but yeah. like also like deal and 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 go through it but i i just wanted to speak to that too because yes ultimately it looks like you're living the yeah. dream <laughs> <laughs> then you're all like but also it's hard it it's is still hard. hard it is hard and and that's why um not everyone's out there working for themselves yeah, yeah, yeah. you know because yeah. you you have to it takes it takes a lot it yeah. takes a lot and, and you got to show up every day. Yeah. So. Well, and then to your other point of like getting to a point where you realize if I need a break, the only person who's going to be responsible for that break is me and I need mm-hmm. to be a stand for that for myself. So how do I show up for my business and show up for myself in a way that feels true to me that keeps things, you know, that doesn't neglect either. Right. Um, and even like Janelle and I talk about this a lot as entrepreneurs, you're kind of like, in it alone, going through the struggle by yourself. And we always talk about how grateful we are for each other because it usually balances out that like when she is up I and, or if, and I'm, I'm, wow, talking. If she is up and I am down, um, it's usually like either or. It usually tends to balance itself out. And then even if both of us are down, one of the two of us can usually like find a spark that picks us back up. Mm-hmm. And so we can ride those ebbs and flows together. Um, and finding that support system for yourself, because like for me as a coach, it's like, I don't have a gal, a, you know, a big group of coaches that I can just go back to and be like, Hey, did you experience this right now? Cause mm-hmm. I used to have that. Um, and so now I'm finding my own support system. Like when I hit roadblocks and I want to unpack things and I want to whatever, you know, who are those people that I can still jam with and hop on the phone and not feel like I have to face it alone, even though at the end of the day, I'm the one who's responsible for what I do. So, um, it's a journey. It's a process. It's a journey. Yeah, totally. Well, and I think back to like making friends as an adult, um, I have found, I will speak to from the I perspective, um, Mm -hmm. that uh, a lot of the times the friends that you've held on to are not necessarily like your true friends anymore, Mm -hmm. like as you grow. And so like finding these new people, this new um, support system around you is just so vital. I, I feel like now that I'm a mom and 
you know, I have my husband and I, I don't, I'm not going out like I used to <laughs> anyway. Um, I, the people that really inspire me and I want to go to when I'm most vulnerable are not necessarily my friends anymore. Mm -hmm. Like it's like, I want, I don't want to, I don't want them to see me like that. But the people that I do let see me like that, I'm like, oh shit, like you're my friend. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like you're my friend. And I want to and and they're, they tend to be people I don't hang out with. I know. Like you. Yeah. I know. <laughs> like, I know. Like you're dude. my friend. Yeah. <laughs> and you see me like the real me. And I like that. And I, I'm, I'm too old now to yeah. like play like I'm someone else for anyone else <laughs> unless it's on the stage. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It is crazy. And as much as social media gets a rap, a bad rap. Um, I think for me, you know, I'm pretty nomadic. I bebop around all the time. And at some point I will find a, a, some roots that I will allow to grow. Um, but until then, it has been really cool for me to know that, you know, I come to a place like Dallas knowing it's not going to be forever. And I have met some of the most amazing people ever. And I have zero qualms about leaving because I know that those friendships are going to be like last way beyond a physical location and stuff like that. So um, it is cool to recognize that I can leave and continue to do these great things and that I have these people mm -hmm. that that you've collected that I've collected. Yes, <laughs> I, I, I think of it like that. I do. I do. I like have a people library of yeah. like all my yeah. people I've collected. That's true. And you're right. I, I, I do badmouth social media, but it is a way to like keep yeah. tabs on these people. And I, whether I tell them on a daily basis or monthly or yearly, um, <laughs> I still like love them so hard and send them all the good juju. Yeah. Whenever I see their little status update. Yeah. <laughs> it's so good. So um, I know we've talked a little bit about like the body. I, and so the reason I'm like excited to talk about this, when I was in Vancouver, I went to a show, an art exhibit, I don't know if they called it, maybe it's an art show, um, where there's a photographer who did all sorts of um, shoots for weddings and things around town. And she started to notice that when she would show people their edits, they were very negative towards themselves. And she was just like, man, I think this photo is just baller and you are like hating on yourself and this is going to never see the light of date now or have to do all this editing to make it be okay and she was getting frustrated with it yet she also recognized that she is never a subject matter of her photos and so she decided to create um an art show called body thoughts and I was lucky enough to go there and see it, experience it. And it was this small room. She allowed herself to be photographed in the nude while she had conversations about her body. Um, and so in the exhibit, in the show, you, sh you show up, it's all white. There's just blown up pictures of like different parts of her body. And then you get a set of headphones and you listen to her musings of her body. So she has a conversation with her aunt who is dying of cancer. She has a conversation um, with a friend about a conversation that she was having 
with her mom about how the body has to change to facilitate life and like her own struggles with body dysmorphia. I don't think she called it that. I'm just wrapping that up into what the dialogue was. Um, and you sit here and you look at these pictures of like her nipple or, you know, the hair that's like shining on her back, you know, the peach fuzz that's, that's mm-hmm. naturally there or the stretch marks. And you listen to her talking as you see these like beautiful artistic photos of her raw. Um, and it was a very profound experience for me. And I ultimately ended up helping her recreate the show in Toronto, but it, completely changed my relationship to my own body and recognizing that like some days you are bloated and that's your body's response to what is happening it's doing what it's supposed to do and yet we fucking hate on it we're like how fucking could you be bloated right now and I now follow all these people on social media all these people (laughs) um but people who are owning the way their bodies look whether that's acne whether that's stretch marks whether that's you know, more weight, whatever. And I'm slowly getting comfortable. Like I want to put myself out there in that way too. And it's still like, it's scary as shit. And I know we've talked about having a baby and what that does. And I'm just curious for you, how has that experience been watching your body morph to create life? And has it been awesome? Has it been terrifying? Has it been all the things yeah, yeah, totally. I um it's funny. I've had a strange connection with my body. I think as, as we all do. Um growing up, I was an athlete, and so I didn't really think about my body much, like as far as like keeping it healthy. Mm-hmm. Like I pretty much ate shit and like um and didn't really have growing up I didn't really have like great food education, nutrition education, but it didn't matter because I was like working out constantly. Um, I do remember this, (laughs) these little benchmarks and these like points in my life where I'm like, oh, and that shaped how I thought about my body for the rest. Uh, I I had this boy very nonchalantly tell me that I was a butterface and I was like, I don't even know what that means. Um, Do you know what that means? I do know. Yeah. Um, For those of you who don't know, it's like, you're hot, butterface. Yeah. Um, so I was like, oh, cool. I have a great body, but I have a horrible face. Um, neat. Uh, and then also like pursuing theater and like being an actor, like you're really putting yourself out there a lot. Um, and around my senior year of high school, I started to like really battle with depression and anxiety. And I, um, started to deal with eating disorders and a lot of it was, uh, and this was also around the time that I stopped playing sports. I had some injuries. And so I was like, really just going to focus on theater. Um, I <laughs> had a theater teacher who told me I would never make it in this industry, that I was really terrible. And like every day kind of dog me with that. And I was like, that's so nice. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, so it just like really all fed into this thing. And I was like overeating and I, I gained like 50 pounds my senior year. And again, my body is amazing um, because it, it took all that weight on. And yes, it was very uncomfortable. I like went up, you know, uh, several sizes and, but 
I was voluptuous. Mm -hmm. I was curvy. None of it went into one particular place. I still had a pretty banging body. Looking back (laughs) at it, I'm like, oh, you know, (laughs) not a bad sitch. Um, At the time, I hated it. Of course, I hated it. And then that led to, you know, wanting to be anorexic or wanting to be bulimic. And like, what? How confused in the brain is that? Um, And then slowly through college, it took all of college. There was no quick fix. I like started to like myself again and like not and and I did that with cigarettes and booze and weed okay so that's how I fixed that little situation I was like we'll just swap this right on out um and so I was loving myself with those toxins and I thought you know it's fine I hate myself I hate my body it doesn't matter what I do to it it's never going to be anything great I might as well just and I, and I like forgave myself because I was like this is what people would do in rehab like if you're doing if you're going through rehab they let you smoke cigarettes and stuff it's like the least bad thing of the vices what no it's terrible anyhow <laughs> just living my life like that living like a rock star but but through that I did develop some self-confidence <laughs> and I was like oh yeah okay all right I I am I am doing this I can smoke weed every day and still make straight days and um like still rock out this theater degree okay crushing it um and then got out into the world and like still was maintaining like my rock star lifestyle and like eating kind of better and then slowly working out then found yoga then like kind of cut that down and like really slowed that party lifestyle down and and then my father got really sick and um oh and I was getting married and and like the stress of all that like amplified some of those Mm -hmm. vices and um was looking amazing though okay you guys like looking amazing um <laughs> so don't don't try this at home kids um uh so but i was like i do not have an eating disorder anymore so that's good that's great <laughs> other disorders possibly um but i it was was coping and like giving myself well it's fine like your dad is dying go ahead like do whatever you need to do um and then the day after his funeral, I found out I was pregnant and I was like, oh, okay. Well, today is the day we stop all this nonsense. Um, and, and it was really difficult for me, uh, to, to wrap my mind around being pregnant because, my mother had a really difficult time with pregnancies and I knew it was something that I wanted in my life. And, um, I, I got married when I was 35, 34, 35, 35, 34, <laughs> 34. I, I was about to turn 35 and my mother had me when I was, when she was 35. And so like, I, I think women think about their mothers as a timeline of like, Oh, I've passed the time my mother had me or, mm-hmm. or, whatever. Um, but I was like, I still have time because my mom had me when she was 35. So I'm good. I'm, I'm going to skate right under it. Um, and I'd always had that in my brain, but then I thought, God, I've just destroyed my body for so long. And, um, my, my mother had such a difficult time and my husband's family, they have beautiful children and they love babies. And like my sister-in-law before she was my sister-in-law was like, it's okay if you're pregnant. It's okay if you're pregnant in your wedding dress, you can get an empire waist. It'll still look real pretty. Like just go (laughs) for it. Like get it in there. And I was like, "Uh and I didn't have the heart to be like, 
it's probably going to be really hard for me to get pregnant. Mm -hmm. We're probably going to have to like do hormone therapy and, and like we might lose some babies and like, I just don't know. Cause that's what my mother had to deal with. So here I am all of a sudden not prepared and I'm pregnant and I'm like, okay, uh, I am in mourning. I am just, I, I don't know. Um, the changing my habits was easy. Hmm. That was nothing. That was fine. Um, but I also was like, I'm not as morbid as this sounds, I'm not going to get too attached to this situation. Um, I don't know what it's going to be like. And God, that would be super fucked up if you take my dad and then you do this yeah. to me and then take it away. And I, I just don't know. So I'm just going to take it day by day. And then I made it past the first trimester and into the second trimester. I'm like, okay, I guess this is happening. I guess we're doing this thing. And my body was changing and growing and like my tits were huge. And um, <laughs> I, in my third trimester, I switched from a doctor to um, midwives and she's like, um, so, and I, I meant to look this up before I came in here because I knew I'd talk about it and I didn't. Um, but uh, <laughs> your abs have split apart. Um, yeah. yeah, your abs have split apart. Uh, you have a hernia. Um, I didn't feel any of this cause I just have this giant numb belly anyway. And I was like, Oh, cool. And I was like, that probably happened because I had a six pack before. And she was like, no, <laughs> <laughs> She's like, no, it happens. Um, so when you are done with this, it's going to take a minute for you to like rehab and like before you go back to working out. And I was like, Oh, fucking great. <laughs> awesome. Um, so anyway, I'm like watching my belly like just stretch and stretch and stretch. And and in the meantime, I'm like, this is supposed, this is what happens. Like my body is supposed to be doing this. And I was experiencing a lot of anxiety. Like I haven't read the books. I don't, I, I'm so busy. I'm running my business. I, 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 I am I going to, what, what's happening? Um, and then I was like, Hey, Munoz, guess what? Women have been doing this since the beginning of time. Okay. And they didn't have books and they didn't know. So just like trust your body, trust God, like breathe and you're going to be okay. I wanted to have a natural childbirth, no drugs, all the things. Yes. So funny. Cause I was like, I used to love drugs and <laughs> no drugs. No drugs. Um, yeah, good. I hope my kids hear this. Okay. So anyway, um, <laughs> anyway, I'm like, no, okay. Ch natural childbirth. I'd been preparing for it ish. Mm. I was like, I can do this. I can do anything. Yoga helped prepare me for mm -hmm. labor in the most incredible way. I was in labor for 44 hours. Oh, um, oh my God. And was not able to have a natural childbirth. Um, th there, he, he wanted to invert at mm -hmm. the last minute. We tried to do a version that worked, but he kept hanging out on one side. He, he just did not want to come out. He was also um, two weeks late. So he was just not about it. Um, anyway... C-section did have the epidural. It, it all happened. It all happened the way it was obviously supposed to. He is amazing. He is um, just the he most really incredible is. thing. And and um, now my body, it, this was not how I intended. I did not intend to have um, a C-section scar. I did not intend for whatever. Um, my vagina's intact though. Hey, -o! <laughs> <laughs> so that's one, that's one plus, um, for the body. And, you know, obviously since then, um, 
I, I was able to breastfeed, which was really fucking hard. They tell you that it should be very easy. Um, it is hard. And then mm. it gets easier um, if, if it works and you are able to do that. Um, and that's been incredible. Mm. Like just the moment now, I can say that now, yeah. now that we're about five months, it was not incredible <laughs> for like the first month or two. Um, but now it, it's incredible. And I never liked anyone to mess with my boobs before, but now I'm like, my baby, he has full access. Um, <laughs> and my body is weird. It is, it is so different now. It is, uh, it's funny, like when you're pregnant, you're like, I kind of want my bump to show. Like, I want yeah. it to show. So people will comment and be like, Oh, you're so cute. Oh, mm. and the pregnant. And da, 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 da. <laughs> when you have had the baby, you still look pregnant. And so, like, like second trimester pregnant. And so you're like, Oh my God, if anyone fucking says yeah. one word to me about how I'm <laughs> pregnant or like, when are you due? I will literally murder them. Um, how that switched. Um, and then I was talking to Rachel about this before, like I wanted to get back into yoga. I like the moment I had the go ahead, I like dove in and went five days in a row. And then I got a clogged milk duct and that was <laughs> oh, super painful. So, I've heard those are the worst. It was so bad. And then I'm like trying to do all this shit to fix it. And I was like, okay, I'm going to back up off the yoga. Once I finally did get it fixed, I was like, all right, my baby is key number one. And feeding him is key number one. And he's got cheeks for days. And so obviously this milk be working. <laughs> so I am like all about being there for him, which also means like trying to do my best to eat well. Um, the cigarette thing, that's done. Yeah, that's done. And that's incredible. I mean, huh. Sad to say that took that, but I, I like, I'm so grateful. I couldn't even imagine like, even, even if I thought I wanted one to like give that to my baby in some milk, mm -hmm. like, no, no. thanks. Mm -hmm. No, no, no way. No, no way. Um, so I, I occasionally have a drink, mm -hmm. um, which I didn't know that you could do when you're breastfeeding, but like if, it, if you get the timing right, you sure can. Um, <laughs> and so that's been nice, but it's also not overindulgent. It's not like, oh, let's go to the bar and drink. Mm -hmm. It's like, I will have a beer yeah. or I will have a margarita. Um, and, and that has been a nice recalibration. And, um, like I said before, I, I know that my body has to maintain a certain amount of fat to make this good, good milk for my baby. So I'm not in a hurry to get back to my pre-pregnancy weight, which is just alarming to me yeah. and my, my old self to be like, I have permission to do this. Yeah. Now it is hard to like put on clothes or buy clothes that are a different size and just be like, it's okay. But y'all, I was a small and now I wear smalls and mediums. <laughs> Holy shit. Oh, shit. And I'm like, Oh God, if this were, if this is what it is, uh -huh. it's okay. Uh -huh. Um, don't don't beat yourself up over this um and and i and i have a feeling that by the time my child is four or five i probably will be back to mm -hmm. what i was and if i'm not it's still okay um because all that's going to change is that i'm going to get to work out more 
than I have been able to, hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> With my four or five-year-old schedule um, and my own, <laughs> I'm sure I'll be able to fit in some workouts. So it'll be great. Um, but yeah, so, so all that to say, I am blown away by the fact that my body, even though I hated it for so long and I thought I was destroying it and I thought I like had the right to do that, I'm like, oh God, you made this thing, this beautiful baby boy and, and he is healthy and alive and just what? On my first try, like what a blessing that is. And, and I'm not taking it for granted anymore. Like that's, yeah, we're done with that. Mm -hmm. Like that, that was some 20 year old bullshit. Yeah. Um, no, no. Yeah. Like from here on out, we're, we're in self-preservation mode. Yeah. Like for real. It is crazy to just think about what the body is capable of. And I'm sorry, even, I talked like 20 minutes. <laughs> you're good. It's so no, beautiful. Okay. Cause it's like, I don't know. We don't, people don't talk about that. And to be able to hear your journey through the relationship with your body, not necessarily overtly, but now in hindsight, you can go back and like peel it apart a little bit. But it is crazy how our bodies innately know how to reach, like how to get to a balancing point and how to, and not, I mean, I, I had cancer when I was 14 and 15. And I don't, you know, my body, that was a response to something that was happening. You know, like, yeah, the cancer is bad and, but my body was doing what it needed to, to fight it. And since mm -hmm. then going through the treatments, it's like, I don't know, it's so easy to just villainize our body for doing the things that it is Supposed doing to. to do. Yeah. Yes. Yes. It's like, I, it's a flip and I use the bloating thing because I'm teeny tiny. Like, mm. if you look at me, you're like, you're the smallest human that ever existed. Mm. Yet, I mean, if I took all my clothes off, like, I still have all the things. Like, I'm just, like, a miniature human. And so, <laughs> I, <laughs> and I have, like, the pooch on my stomach. And the days when I feel bloated are the worst. I feel terrible. And then I read something somewhere where it's, like, your body is just naturally responding to either something you ate or an experience that you're having. Or there's something going on. And that is its way of, like surviving whatever it is that you're going through. And I was like, that's really fucking cool. And so I just love the, the invitation to play with the purposefulness of when our bodies look the way and they're not quote unquote, quote unquote, supposed to look yet. That is, it's doing it for a reason. There's a, our bodies are so much smarter than we give it credit for. I was so. going to say, aren't we so blessed that our brains aren't in control yes. of that? Because <laughs> right? if they were, we, we'd kill ourselves. We would. Yeah. We would. Like, thank God the body can function on its own. I, I just have to be like, stop, brain, stop, yeah. and let the body do what it's supposed to do. And don't judge yourself yeah. on, on what it is doing because it has got to do this. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And it's okay. I, and and how beautiful. Mm -hmm. It is like how fucking beautiful. Yeah. Um, there is a place here. I'm sorry, you don't get to talk. Uh, <laughs> uh, there's a place here called King Spa, and I know they have these uh -huh. places all over the place. Um, and when my friends told me about it, they were like, "Yeah, you have to go naked. Like, you got to be naked in there." Mm -hmm. And I was like, 
<laughs> no. No, I'm not going to be naked around all y'all, even though like in a dressing room, I get pretty close to it. Um, no, that's okay. Um, and when I finally started going or went for the first time, I was like, wow, all these bodies in yeah. here are beautiful. And there's all these different ethnicities and ages and shapes and sizes and like nobody's in here like oh god like yeah I don't look oh don't look at this part of me like they're just like letting it all hang out mm-hmm. and just and not for one moment am I like ew yeah not not for one freaking moment yeah and and then I'm like I look pretty great mm-hmm. I'm, this is this is awesome this is awesome and I just like that that was a nice awakening for me to go somewhere where it was like an international experience yeah. and to be like, oh, here we are, all women, like we all have yeah. scars and lumps and, yep. you know, things. All and of us. All of us. And every single one of them is beautiful. Yeah. It is crazy how quickly you can acclimate to like, it's yep. just a body. It's a body. That's a body. We all have, it's the body. Um. Yeah, it's wild. Yeah, I even have that in gyms sometimes in communities. Oh. Like there's something I've been appreciating more and more as I get older, especially in more diverse populations, is like when women just wear sports bras to a cycling class and you can see all the different shapes and sizes. And there's something about that for me. And I feel like I constantly have to remind myself to take a stand and like for this is I can appreciate appreciate my body more when I see that other people are appreciating theirs regardless of shapes or sizes because sometimes even when I've been the fittest I've ever been I'm like no you're not you're not fit enough to you know work out in a sports bra or like whatever ridiculous crap that is and feeling like I needed to cover my body up because it wasn't good enough and then to be able to see other people do that in multiple different you know shapes colors sizes whatever it may be and being able to celebrate them and and like you said not for a second being like ew their body's gross and I'm like why why am I doing that to myself then right (laughs) yeah and by you doing that you give permission to others it's like again like the lululemon um I'm exposed to all these 20-year-olds who are just, like, working out constantly, and they have metabolism on their side. And they have – there's, like, these skin-tight dresses that are there that will do these fit sessions where we try them on. And I am, like, I have not had a baby. I do not have a flat stomach. Like, that's not what it looks like. And I keep telling myself, like, the more you normalize this and just step out of the fucking dressing room and own mm-hmm. it, no matter what, no matter what, even if those 20-year-olds are, like – oh like who cares rock that shit like the more it's going to be normalized and it has to start some like it has to start with me with you with me yes exactly Mm -hmm. so I also really connected when you were talking about the different stages of your life where you could see your idea of your body changing because there are still comments similar that like I had a boyfriend in college that told me I had the body type of Lord Farquaad from Shrek. Oh my god! It means I have really skinny legs and really broad shoulders. And like that is scarred. And still, I don't know what, 
10, I don't know. Yeah, probably about 10 years later, I still remember that. And I think about it. And it's funny, like, it's all these little moments in our life where someone said something that probably they like, I I mean, the the guy, he loved me, like, he didn't do it because he thought he would hurt me. Right, right. But that is like, permanently burned in my brain when I look at my body. And I think that and it's sort of sad that if you think about yourself as a kid, like no one told that you that anything was wrong with your body. And the only reason I even think that is because as you grew up, someone said something to you that made you think that. Yeah. And you held on to it. Yeah. And you hold on to it. And I mean, that's also on me, like my own responsibility to let that go. But yeah, but but it's still, it happened and it like mm -hmm. is a, part of the fabric of of who you are and you still like you have to make the conscious choice to let that go and that's that's tough um Mm -hmm. mine was chicken legs there you go similar a girl a girl told me it and i didn't like it yeah well and i I was like like, i got fucking dancer legs what i got that's what that's what i got oh i had i had a ballet teacher tell me that my legs were too thick she was like it's too bad you have a beautiful neck but you'll never be a ballerina because your legs are too thick terrible uh and i was like you mean muscular like an athlete Okay. <laughs> like yeah. these these legs that help me like jump up in yeah, the air exactly. real hard and high okay well okay bye <laughs> bye bye yeah all right i'm getting out of my life i was just listening to uh kristen bell speak at a conference i was at and she she was talking about her husband and he's a recovering alcoholic and she was saying as a part of their 12-step program they do an activity where they carry around a baby picture of themselves in their wallet or purse or whatever it is. And anytime they feel like using, they're supposed to take that baby picture out mm-hmm. and or drinking, whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're supposed to say, like, would you do that to this little baby? And she was saying, you know, she's not an alcoholic or, um, you know, or anything like that. But she's like, I still use that for other things in my life. Like when I'm pushing myself too hard or when that. she's hating on her body, like she'll go back and she'll pull out her baby picture and be, would be like, hey, would you tell this little baby or this toddler here that they have chicken legs or that they're fat yeah. or, you know, whatever it is. And just think about it in that way. Or would you feed the baby this or whatever, you know, any essentially misuse and abuse that we do to ourselves, yeah. whether verbally or physically um, and it's just like a good check-in to be like, would you, why are you doing this? Or why are you saying this? You wouldn't say that to yourself when you're this innocent little, you know, babe. Like, why Why are you doing it now as an adult? Yeah, I love it. Absolutely. And then, of course, having having one, too. It's yeah. like, it's another, yeah. like, physical manifestation of, like, this mm-hmm. is a tiny you. Yeah. And, like, how do you want them to experience? That's the cool thing about being a parent that I am discovering and, and I will continue to discover is, like, you get to re-experience the world yeah. with your child. Mm. And, like, how neat is that? And, like, you can't you can't fix it all for them and mm-hmm. you shouldn't. But... Um, like equipping them with the tools mm-hmm. to face those things. So yeah. um, we've heard that before from moms on here of like through parenting my child, I basically reparented myself. Yeah. Yeah. It's just cool. You give yourself permission. All right. Well, let me, I love that conversation and we could keep talking. Um, 
Maybe we'll have you back and continue that conversation. Um, But my favorite question, what is one word that kind of embodies how you live your true north today? Oh, shit. (laughs) It's not that. That's a great word. (laughs) That's not it. Um, uh, Forgiveness. Mm, I love that. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, ladies. This has been awesome. Yeah, I know. Thank you. And if anyone wants to get in touch with you, what is the best way of doing that? How can they contact you? Um, Go to Mm artsmissionoc.com and check out what we do. Sweet. Um, And you can uh, email through that website. Those emails come to me. Um, Also, you can follow me on Instagram at artsmission or at Anastasia the Adventurer. Um, to follow my personal explorations mm-hmm. of this world <laughs> and awesome. see my baby. Yeah. We'll put it in the show notes so it'll be easy for people to find. Thank you so much. Yeah, you thank amazing. you. You're amazing. <laughs> oh, thank you, ladies. Y'all are amazing. Yeah. Um, okay. That's a wrap. Great. Woo, I'm going to go it. feed my baby. Go feed your baby. This has been another episode of the True North Collective podcast. For more from Rachel and I, check us out on the Gregorium at the True North Collective underscore. And if you like what you heard today, make sure to leave us a review on iTunes or wherever you are listening to this podcast. Maybe even share it with a friend. Otherwise, we'll talk to you next time. <laughs>